What is up, guys? Welcome to our first ever episode of Be More Than Just a Pill, where we empower minds through insightful conversation and in-depth exploration of pharmacy topics. I'm your co-host, Eric Nunez, and on the keys in front of me, we have... I'm your second co-host, Julian, and to the left of me... Lydia Nava. Hi, and this is Mireya. And before we get into it, let's start off by saying who we are, and just a little bit about us. Um, yeah, so I can start. So my background, it's mainly in, in biology. I completed my bachelor's in biological sciences. Uh, while I was a, a junior, I started doing research. And from there, I decided to complete a master's in biology. Um, and then once I graduated, that's when I decided I wanted to um, combine science with um, patient care. And that's when I went ahead and, and finally decided for pharmacy school. What about you, Lydia? Well, <clears throat> I started, first I wanted to be a nurse, first of all. And then when I saw what it entitles to be a nurse, I decided to make a change in my career, I guess, and started to studying for a pharmacy tech. And when I finished that, I started working in the hospital. I've been there for six years now. Wow. And when COVID hit here in El Paso, that's when I decided to apply for pharmacy school after seeing uh, the clinical side of the pharmacy. And yeah, that's where we're at now. And for me, all throughout high school, I felt like I was pretty much destined to be a mechanical engineer because of the program I was in. So I went through two years at UTEP under that major until I started taking general chemistry and general and then I realized I also have a passion for those fields too. And then I talked to my advisor and then I got the I got switched to biomedical sciences. I completed that and all of the prerequisites to get into the School of Pharmacy here at UTEP. And all of this sort of happens within the span of a year as I took the course to become a pharmacy technician. And then before I knew it, I was applying to UTEP School of Pharmacy, and then here I am. <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy because um, just like me, I'm like everybody else. Um, nobody really is growing up. It's like, oh, I want to be a pharmacist. You know, so um, I originally went, uh, I have a background in kinesiology. I originally wanted to be a physical therapist. Um, my niece has cerebral palsy, so she's the whole main reason why I wanted to go into physical therapy. I started by working at um, U, with the UTEP football team. Um, and then I started working out at Paso Spina Rehab as a rehab technician. But then when COVID hit, they had a, like some people go from the football team. So that's when I spoke to a friend who was in the pharmacy program already. He told me, why don't you just become a pharmacy tech in the meantime? So then I got my pharmacy technician license. And while working at, um, at the pharmacy, I realized that I really valued patient care. And that was the main role in, in pushing me to, to be, become a pharmacist. And that's what's led me in this past year to, to apply for pharmacy school. And that's why I'm here now. That's a pretty important like aspect of pharmacy is that there has to be like a fundamental interest in patient care, which I like personally feel like I'm still trying to find because like I said, my first interest was in the clinical and medical like knowledge that was like chemistry and biology. So I'm still trying to find that interest in, in patient care. 
And that's kind of why we started this podcast. I mean, pharmacy is just like a dynamic field with constant advancements in medications, treatments, and health practices. So with pharmacy, there's always going to be like a continuing education, even beyond like our degree. And then we also have to like uh, not only build upon like advancing in the pharmacy as a community, but also being able to bring that public awareness to the to the patients and, and providing like education to the patients. And uh, to add on to that, uh, just another reason why like a podcast specifically is we felt that it's a good medium of communication that you can sort of incorporate into like your personal like everyday activities. And for those of you who don't want to like like uh, invest maybe like thirty minutes or an hour into that, um, that's kind of what this podcast is for to kind of give you like concise information about like topics that are pertinent. So yeah, we're going to be featuring like uh, key figures in pharmacy, such as like pharmacists, pharmacy students, and others in, in healthcare. Um, listening to these in- interviews can provide uh, valuable insights and networking opportunities for professionals looking to connect with other individuals within the field. We hope that at the height of this podcast, that some of our like fellow students, uh, if they have an interest in, I guess, collaborating with us, we will definitely and the first thing that we're going to talk about is the uh, very origin of pharmacy, because I believe it provides a lot of context of how it evolved and how it came to be, how it is today. So I guess going all the way back to uh, the Egyptian times, uh, they created a document called the Andrews Papyrus, which con- was basically a drug formulary uh, that con- was composed of 700 drug ingredients derived from plants, animals, and minerals. <laughs> Uh, and it demonstrated like their impressive knowledge on dosage forms that we still use today, such as inhalations, uh, lotions, and ointments. Uh, fast forwarding to the Middle Ages, we have the Magna Carta of Pharmacy, which uh, declared that the pharmaceutical profession would be separated from the medical profession. And I think that's pretty important because we're still trying to find those boundaries today. Uh, moving on, we had the soda fountain era from the 20s through the 40s, which uh, also perpetuated the identity crisis of the profession because pharmacists had to decide whether they were going to be shopkeepers or stay as dispensers and continue their drug shop. Uh, fast forward to today, in more recent times, we saw a shift toward more patient care-oriented roles, which was even mandated in the Omnibus Budget Reconciliation Act of 1990, which... And, and yeah, so that, le- that lead us to um, get an insight into the roles and the responsibilities of our pharmacists. And just to add on to like the history uh, Julian was mentioning, I think we also had another event that um, put pharmacists on the scope, and this was the COVID pandemic. Um, so these, um, as, and as we all know, um, these involved pharmacists. Um, there were uh, frontline responders, uh, meaning sometimes they will be part of emergency teams. Um, they will be helping um, um, with um, the testing uh, testing centers. Um, then once immunizations were released, uh, they were part, of course, of the huge vaccination the campaigns. Um, and I think there was a, a huge event um, to left 
uh, pharmacists or led people to understand more the role of a pharmacist and and it's not only based on being behind a counter oh yeah most yeah most <laughs> definitely like i feel like pharmacists were have a negative view as far as like um because they they work in a pharmacy that were like sells cigarettes or alcohol or like it's the same place where you can get your medication and your cigarettes and your alcohol so so people usually have like a bad connotation of them but the COVID pandemic actually expanded like mm. the roles of a pharmacist and now like they were on the front lines of doing COVID testing, vaccination clinics, and it that's just only a little taste of what pharmacy can <laughs> become for us, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know much about those like mini clinics, but I do feel like the push is to try to integrate that into uh, pharmacy as far as like uh, like lab testing. Uh, <coughs> Testing for like diseases or maybe like testing for strep throat or something. I do definitely see that we're sort of like expanding our clinical uh, roles. Uh, there's also like collaborative like practice agreements as well, which uh, give us more, uh, I guess, more control over the drug regimen for patients. Yeah, and then it varies from state to state. Like, um, like in New Mexico, um, they work on a standing order, so they're able to prescribe uh, uh, birth control to patients and then uh, but like for example in Texas uh, it might be a little more difficult as a the pharmacy laws here are a little more stricter than most states um but it just goes to show like how pharmacy itself is advancing for sure and from the roles and responsibilities that uh, Maria mentioned and also Eric some of the respons responsibilities that we take from the oath of pharmacy and the code of ethics of pharmacies um, that go hand in hand. Some of them would be, I will promote inclusion, embrace diversity, and advocate for justice to advance health equality. I will accept the responsibility to improve my professional knowledge, knowledge, expertise, and my self-awareness. I will hold myself and my colleagues to the highest principles of professional, professional morals, ethics, and legal conduct. I will embrace and advocate changes that improve patient care. I will utilize my knowledge, skills, expertise, and values to prepare the next generation of pharmacists. And those go hand in hand with the roles and responsibilities of a pharmacist. I don't know what you guys think. No, yeah, uh, I completely agree. Because yeah, as a pharmacist, there's certain ethical standards that uh, must be must be met. Uh, pharmacists must adhere to like strict codes. And that guide the professional conduct and ensure like the well-being and trust of patients. Yeah, and, and and I, you know, we were mentioning before how we have like um, um, collaboration with different health professionals, and I think something that we can really incorporate to like the um, code of ethics um, that Liga mentioned is we or a huge part for pharmacists is we want to advocate for our patients and specifically for equitable treatment. Um, and, and it's something that we all know, and even though there have been studies that show that minorities have or tend to have a lower level of care. So I, I believe like one of the <clears throat> main responsibilities of pharmacists is to um, ensure a good access and um, high quality service to all patients regardless of their background 
Um, and we are basically a liaison for um, individuals in terms of like whenever they have financial. Um, no, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Pharmacists are are the number one advocates for patient rights. I mean, we're the ones that oftentimes people come to first, like when they're feeling sick or something like that. So we have to be able to advocate for them and for better health care outcomes for them. And that pretty much uh, sets the definition of pharmacy apart from what would be the more like mainstream view of just being a pill dispenser. Uh, I guess my personal definition of what a pharmacist is, is pretty much above like, like all of what you mentioned, which is being an advocate for patients and trying to mediate between uh, basically patients like primary care physician and the patient themselves so they're very like integral in in that like aspect of making sure that the patient is uh, adhering to their medication yeah yeah uh, Lydia what do you think uh, what does it mean to be a pharmacist I think it's utilizing your knowledge to the to ensure the patient's health like in the hospital setting I would say they're in charge of a lot of things People usually take it easy, like, oh, yeah, they're just sending the medications up. But I feel like in the hospital, a pharmacist takes a lot of responsibility, taking care of uh, checking the patient's lab work. And then from there, making sure they have the right treatment, the right regimen. And that they're adhering to the medication. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I agree with all of you. And um, I think it's as we are continuing our, our education, uh, we're gonna be able to define our professional identity or what is being a pharmacist for each of us. Uh, for example, for me, it's I think it embraces more than, of course, as we've mentioned, being a dispenser. Uh, but something I would like to add and or something that's important for me is uh, research or um, the, you know, the improvement in pharmaceutical um, processes and um, knowledge. Um, again, as I mentioned, I, I guess I spent at least four years doing research. Um, yeah, that's your whole background. Yeah, so I think um, it can, uh, pharmacy incorporates a lot. It incorporates, of course, patient care, education, so um, being able to pass on our knowledge and I often, yeah, yeah, I agree. It, I often like hear that that um, that pharmacy is just like like an op like a door, like it's an open door for you, and just to get you just your foot in the door. There's so much more stuff that you can do, like within the field of pharmacy, like whether it be retail, hospital, ambulatory care, and at the VA, doing research, academia. It's just PB, even being a PBM and creating formularies, it's just a never-ending field that just produces a lot more opportunities for you because say you even work in the retail side of things like you could even like enjoy the business side of it and become like a, a district leader and move on from that way or if you really enjoy the clinical side you could become like an ambulatory care specialist and, and just build upon that uh, truthfully uh, when the semester started I, I did not know what I did not have an entire grasp of what pharmacy was. <laughs> yeah. So I had to do my research even I think when we I can was, all agree. Yeah. 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 I had to do my Definitely. research when I was applying. 
but I think we can all agree that after after the semester, which is almost over, we've all, I guess, strengthened our own, like, professional identity a little bit. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, and of course, this is just the beginning. This is our first semester of the first year, and who knows what's exactly. going to happen on the next few years. Yeah, exactly. Our, our idea of a pharmacist has changed from the time we applied to the time that yeah. we started on the first day of school to yeah. now. This is just our first semester of P1. So if you join us on this, on this journey, mm -hmm. you'll be able to see our, our definitions change, and maybe even your definitions change of what it means to be a pharmacist all throughout our careers. For sure. And we'll definitely like expand on identity a little more next week on episode two and we'll also have a guest guest speaker, guest yep, speaker. Yep. <laughs> he's another p1 student but he is working on his own project um, so that's i mean that's what we plan to bring you in the future is just a bunch of interviews with with people with different views and different opinions of what it means to be a pharmacist what the pharmacy field entails and more stuff like that you can catch us on episode two uh, we air every tuesday at um at 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Um, and like always, be, be more, more than, than just, just a pill. pill. <laughs>